Would those of you who are able to please stay standing for the gospel? The gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Here endeth the lesson. May I speak in the name of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Do take a seat. In my experience, there are two types of people in this world. Those who love camping and those who can't stand it. Camping, I think, is a little bit like Marmite, in that no one seems to fall into a middle category of thinking camping is just okay. We either love it or we loathe it. My family is split right down the middle. 
half of us relishing the prospect of a night under canvas, the other half doing everything in their power to avoid such a fate. I normally am in the positive camp. I've got many happy memories of nights under the stars drinking hot chocolate. But I also admittedly have fairly bleak memories of camping trips gone wrong. Tents leaking, pegs pulled out of the ground by strong winds, and that unmistakable feeling of lying awake in the middle of the night, shivering, damp in a puddle, exhausted and frankly more than a little grumpy. The truth is, no matter how much I might enjoy camping, I think if push came to shove, I'd always choose a hotel over a tent. But what about God? Which camp no pun intended, would he put himself into? Now, you might be wondering why I'm talking about camping. It is a good question to ask, and it's a strange question to ask which camp God would put himself into. But I think we'll find the answer is perhaps surprising and certainly encouraging. We heard in our reading just now that wonderful line from the beginning of John's Gospel as he reveals the incarnation and the birth of Jesus. These beautiful words that the church declares each Christmas time. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Lovely, poetic words, but no... There is no mention of a tent there. Well, what we don't see in those words is that in the original language, the word that we translate as dwell, God made his dwelling among us, is actually more literally the words to set up a tent, to make camp. So we might say, God pitches his tent among us. God pitches his tent among us. This was not the way that God's people expected him to arrive. God's people, the people of Israel, had been waiting to God for come, longing for him to come and fill the temple that they had built for him, this beautiful space that was ready for him to dwell in. They were waiting for him to fill this place with triumphant display, with pomp and with circumstance. They were expecting trumpets, a party, great rejoicing. They were not expecting him to come and pitch his tent. Despite the 2,000 or years or so since that first Christmas, some things have not changed. And in many ways, I think for us, we expect God to arrive in a certain way. We expect him to come and fill our grand ancient buildings. We expect him to come amidst the sound of trumpets and choirs and organs. We expect him perhaps to come clothed in royal robes, part of a great procession. God, of course, is the mighty and the eternal king, and he has and does and will come in all of these ways. But at Christmas, he comes and pitches his tent God, in the form of his son, Jesus, comes and puts his tent right in the midst of us. And not only that, he comes as a vulnerable, exposed baby. He comes to share in our lives, to experience all that we experience. 
He comes to know the pain and the suffering and the joy and the celebration that we know and everything in between. And he pitches his tent. He dwells among us right in our midst. This is not how gods were supposed to arrive. To show weakness, vulnerability, exposure, and ultimately to experience pain, this was not the way of a god. But it is exactly the way of the Christian God, the God of the Bible. And this, this is the incredible message of Christmas that we have heard read to us this evening from John's Gospel and that we will celebrate in just a few minutes as another Christmas Day dawns. The incredible message that the Word, Jesus Christ, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God has pitched his tent right here with you and with me. Whatever your joys, whatever your sorrows, Whatever your hopes, whatever your fears, the word Jesus has become flesh and dwells with us in our midst. And it is through Jesus that we are able to enjoy a relationship with God. If we want to make sense of our lives, of the world around us, if we are to make sense of our hopes and our joys, to make sense of our disappointments and our sufferings, then we need to go back 2,000 years ago to that stable in Bethlehem where the Word became a human being and dwelt among us. And we realize as well that by the Holy Spirit, He dwells still within our midst even today. God has pitched his tent, and it remains pitched, despite the storms of this world. That baby who was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, that man Jesus who would grow up to die on the cross, that word of God who was raised from the dead three days later, he is alive and with us today by the Holy Spirit. And just as he came to live amongst us 2,000 years ago, so he stands among us now and wants us to let him into our lives this evening, to give ourselves over to him so that we may live for him. If we do that, our lives will be transformed. Those without hope find hope for the future. Those who are sad receive joy. Those who are sick receive healing. Christmas is rightly a time of peace, of joy, and of love. But it is also a time of challenge. The challenge to find new life in the loving arms of the God who became a human being in Bethlehem all those years ago, who pitched his tent among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you need God's love, then be assured of it. If you need God's comfort, then allow him to put his arms around you. If you need God's challenge, then respond by turning to him. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God pitched his tent right here in our midst. This is the greatest truth that any of us 
can and ever will need to hear, and we celebrate that truth once again this evening and tomorrow as we celebrate on Christmas Day that a Savior has been born to save his people. Amen.